I'd like to thank KTMS 990 and Montecito Bank and Trust for making Scam Squad possible. I'm Patty Teal. And I'm Deputy District Attorney Vicki Johnson. Scam Squad is up next. Sound off. One, two. Sound off. Three, four. One, two, three, four. Scam Squad. Welcome to Scam Squad. Vicki, what do you have for us today? Do we have a special guest? We absolutely have a special guest. This is Sean Dyer, who we have definitely heard from before. She is the Senior Fraud Specialist for Montecito Bank and Trust. Sean, what's going on at the bank? Well, hi, both of you, and thanks for having me back. We've been busy. You know, fraud is always happening. We've been particularly busy right now with the Paycheck Protection Plan loan. We've been able to offer that service to our local community businesses. So that's a really good thing. Some good news along with some not so good news. Two particular things I wanted to talk about. I'll talk about the one that we see regularly, but I have an idea for customers. We're still seeing a lot of check fraud and the type of check fraud where our customer has written the check, they drive up or walk up to the big blue bin outside the post office, and they drop their check in that envelope, the big bin. And then the bad guys come along and literally fish the mail out of the bin, and then they alter the check. They alter the payee name line, and they negotiate the check. Customer has to file documents, and it's a long process to collect those funds. So something that is an alternative to writing a check, and especially with these times with the COVID-19 where we don't want to go out, we don't want to touch paper, is if you haven't already, sign up with your bank's online banking so that you can start looking and monitoring your accounts online. But all banks that I'm aware of offer a service called Bill Pay so that you can pay all of your bills online. You set it up within the online banking application and you can add Southern California Edison, City Santa Barbara, Cox Communication, you know, whatever, whoever, and even one time, you know, the gardener or the plumber, whatever, you can add those payees as well. But then what happens is a paper check goes to the mail to that place. If it's a small business, if it's big like Southern California, Edison, Cox, whatever, that's just an electronic file where they gather all of the payees and they send the money that way. But if it's individuals, they'll actually be a check and so that it's from you, but it won't be your account number. It won't have your information on it, but it will be a payment from you. So that kind of protects some of your banking information. So I just wanted to throw that out there. Bill pay service. It'll be within your bank's online banking application. It's real easy to set up and you can always call your bank's service center and they can help walk you through the process. So I have a confession to make and then a question. Um, I did drop a check in one of those bins the other day in the great big bin on the post office as you drive down uh, Anna Kappa, and as yes. I dropped that check in the bin, I thought, I shouldn't do this, I shouldn't do this, I shouldn't do it, but I did it. I mean, I know better. I know better, but, you know, it went through, so, um, yeah, I got lucky that time. I, you know, and I know about this scam, and I'm, I'm just disheartened to know that it's still going on. So now I have a question. When you sign up for the online banking bill pay, 
do you then give the bank the name and address of the entity that you want the check made out to or that you want paid. So you, I would have to give the bank my gardener's name and mailing address? Absolutely correct, yes. Okay. And again, if it's a big entity, you start typing in that name, it'll usually pop up because that bank already has at least one other customer that's paying sure. that same place. Yes, another thing, I generate when the payment will go out by typing in the name of the person I want paid and the amount. That doesn't happen automatically by the bank. Correct. So it depends on your bank, the system that they use. Mm -hmm. You can set, most of them do have an option for auto pay. So you can go in and say, I want my water bill to be paid on the 10th of every month, and it will generate that. Okay. I choose myself to go in and manually set it off. This depends on your online banking application for their bill pay because there are many out there and they have different criteria. Okay. Well, good information to have. Thank you. So the second situation we've seen and other financial institutions are seeing, so it's, it's out there. The best way to describe it would be what we call a P2P, and that's P, the number two and P for pay to pay or person to person. And that is like Zelle or Venmo. I'm not sure of the names of some other ones where you can go on and say, oh, I want to pay. You know, when you go to lunch, you go, okay, well, I'll send you my half of what I owe you because I don't have any cash. You have the app on your phone or you can do it via your online banking where you mm-hmm. can send somebody money. Okay. So that's what they're using but they're being very clever. It actually comes off of your debit card number. So they're convincing customers that they are the financial institution calling and they are manipulating the victims out of their online banking credentials and allowing the fraudsters to get in there and send payments to themselves. So it's just a really, really bad scam and they have a lot of valid information to make you think it's us, that it's the bank. And how does Venmo come into this equation? That's how the payment gets made from the... Yes, yes, not actually Venmo, it's our P2P provider. Okay. And so they are able to trick the customers into giving out information that allows them to manipulate the system and send money out. It comes out of our customer's account and it goes off to someone else immediately. How would this happen in real time? Well, I would get a phone call from somebody pretending to be my bank. Or a text. Or a text. Uh How would they talk me into sending money to them? You don't know they're taking your money. Remember um, a while back, and maybe it was a month or so ago, and, and Doris was on the interview that week, and it was about fraudsters texting and telling our clients that they were calling to verify debit card transactions. And that's how they trick you. Oh, we're calling to see, did you do this debit card transaction? And there's no debit card transaction. It's a fake one, but they want the customer to say, oh, no, that's fraud. No, I didn't do that. And then they act like they're the bank and they say, okay, well, we need to make sure we're talking to you. Give us the secure code. And they're asking in this time, you know, provide me with your online banking username And then they're going into online banking, or more than one fraudster, is trying to log in and change the password so that 
they can change where a code will go so that they can access the online banking to make this Simple Pay or or Zelle or Google Pay transaction. And the customer is only thinking they're on the phone saying that they didn't do this debit card transaction and provided a username for their online banking. Okay, so it's a scam to get your information. While they're getting your information, they're doing a pay-to-pay transaction. Correct. Using something like Venmo or one of the other organizations that allows you to do that. So it's another scam to get your information, and this is how they're using it to do those transactions. Exactly. And so whether you're receiving a text or a phone call, it's from like an 800 number, which isn't one of our numbers, but they can spoof. So it looks like it's coming from our bank or whatever bank. So you know, a best advice is hang up, don't respond to the text, you know, call the number on the back of your debit card. That's the valid number because at this point, they are so advanced in getting out there. As soon as that money goes, it's gone. It's pretty instantaneous. Yeah. I have a question for you, Sean. So I just want to make sure that I'm understanding this scam because I do use Venmo, Zelly, PayPal, all of these. They're not calling saying this is Venmo, this is Zelly. They just are somehow getting that code to log into your account and then the scammer uses your account to steal this money. Is that right? Correct. You know, you have your Venmo attached to a checking account or a debit card or a credit card. Also, within a bank, banks offer the same type of thing, just being within your bank. So, again, they, yeah, they are getting the information from you, manipulating it from you so that they can access into your online banking and submit that P2P payment, whichever service your financial institution uses to send the money out. What if I haven't signed up for anything like Venmo or any kind of P2P service? It's not attached to my debit card. Am I protected that way? No, because that that is the, we have seen where they are been successful in getting access to people who don't have it and they set it up right there because it has online banking and it's as simple as once they get into online banking, they see if you are using the P2P service and if you're not, they just plug it in and add the card that they want the money to come from, which would be the customer's card, and then send it on its way. This one really took us a while to figure out all the pieces to it. One of the things we're always looking at is when we have more than one type of scam, we go back to the debit cards and see, okay, well, were they linked to a data breach of some sort, an account data compromise that is in common? We have no commonality with these. And neither are the other financial institutions that have the same thing going on. So It's unbelievable the things that these crooks come up with. And the computer and the Internet have just made it easier for them. They've got a whole new venue that they can operate in now. It's unreal. Yeah, yeah. And it happens so fast. And we want you to believe when our service that does call you or text you to verify suspicious transactions. And we want our customers to use that and reply. But with this scam, your best bet, just hang up, don't respond to the text, and call the phone number on the back of the card. Get one of us in our office to go through and validate whether that's really you or not, or that transaction. Good information to have Mm -hmm. to know what to look out for. 
So you haven't seen any of these coronavirus scams coming through your bank that you've been able to recognize. There's a lot of them out there now and just waiting till the banks start to see the results of people getting taken by these particular scams. Yeah, we have not. Not yet. So knock on wood. We're keeping an eye out. Well, that's good. (laughs) Well... (laughs) Once again, Sean, thank you so much for coming on the show and being our guest and keeping us apprised of things that we need to watch out for and what to do if we see any of these things come through our email or telephone calls and how we can better protect ourselves. So thank thank you, you. Sean. And thank you for all the help you're giving small businesses with that PPP loan. Hopefully we can make a recovery. Yes. Thank you so much for having me again. Always enjoy it. Oh, we do too. Well, Vicki, I get my good news often from Department of Justice. I get bulletins weekly, sometimes daily, from Department of Justice, FBI, Federal Trade Commission, and other agencies. And so this one caught my eye. This is very recent. This is a bulletin marked for immediate release. Department of Justice announces disruption of hundreds of online COVID-19 related scams. So this is as of April the 12th, IC3, which is FBI website, has received more than 3,600 complaints relating to COVID-19 scams. And these usually come by way of internet contacts And IC3 has managed to disrupt many, many, many of these websites. And these are websites that advertise fake vaccines and cures, or they operate fraudulent charity drives, or they deliver malware through some pretense, various other kinds of COVID-19 scams. So it's nice to know our Department of Justice, our FBI is on it. They are out there and they are doing what they can to take these websites down. So there's our good news. Thank you, Vicki. We feel great. Much <laughs> yes. Ending on a high note. Thank you. <laughs> and could you share your hotline so that if people are suspecting they may have been scammed or someone they care about, how they could check in with you about it? Of course. And I want to give the IC3 website too, because that's where you report scams to the FBI. And they're very interested to know what's going on out there. As you know, they use this information to allow law enforcement to access it. It's like a data bank, and law enforcement can then use this information once they get enough of it to try and interrupt some of these scams. So IC3 is simply www.ic3.gov. I is in I, C is in cat, the number 3.gov, G-O-V. So please report any scam or scam attempts. And my hotline is area code 805-568-2442. So thank you for asking, Patty, for that information. And thank you so much for hosting us once again. Thank you both. And we look forward to talking with you again, Vicki, next week and with Montecito Bank and Trust next month. Thank you. It's always very informative. Have a good week, everybody. You too, Thank Patty. you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.